Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, beauty, travel, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. Only you know what your body needs. Let this be the reminder that you have the power to tap in and know the food, self-care, and spiritual practices that will best serve you. I will be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can feel your best and live your dreams. Let's get started. Anyone chronically ill will tell you that they wouldn't wish their illness on anyone. But for Tanya Sabotic, it was the catalyst needed to foster her spiritual awakening. She's an intuitive conduit of divine wisdom, a writer, an author, and an entrepreneur. In this episode, we chat about how she healed from Lyme disease, a brain tumor, and how to listen to your internal voice, the simple ways anyone can heal. We discussed the beauty and wellness conveniences she loved while living in Los Angeles and what she enjoys now that she lives in the countryside in France. This is a beautiful episode of the High Vibration Living Podcast. I hope you enjoy. Cheers. Hi, Tanya. Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. Hi, Whitney. Thank you for having me. Well, I've already really enjoyed connecting with you and chatting with you, but you've had kind of an incredible journey. You got extremely Mm -hmm. sick with Lyme disease. You were Mm -hmm. able to find your way out of it. And since then, you've become an incredible author and, you know, someone who helps people along their spiritual journey and their spiritual awakening. So I wanted to dive into that a little bit. Yes, I definitely came out of a long journey of healing from Lyme's disease and, um, a brain tumor and uh, multiple um, autoimmune diseases. So at one point in my life, um, when I hit 30, it was kind of a cliche. And I was like, wow, this really sucks to turn 30. I didn't actually believe it. But at that moment, I hadn't known that I was actually sick with what I would refer to back then, um, you know, 10 years ago was a mystery disease, because it was quite a mystery back then. And um I was plagued with not only the disease, but um, a veil of how to find myself and navigate through that, um, you know, that thick water um, because it wasn't talked about back then. So at one point, you know, you think you're losing your mind and Mm -hmm. you are meeting with practitioners, doctors, and the list is tremendous. And, um, you know, being misdiagnosed for four years, um, can slightly bring you into a bad and poor redundant or poor redundant cycle of thoughts and, um, you know, that feeling of helplessness. So in a long story short, I went through um, quite an endeavor to heal. And the pivot point for me was um, 
when I met with this incredible healer and I was at that point finished with Western medicine and properly diagnosed with Lyme's disease and um, all my other ailments. And she was a medicine woman who uh, worked with um, nature and nature's beloved plants. And um, she was helping me through plant medicine, um, such as herbs and flower medicines. And um, at one point, I was really desperate and pretty much falling at the mercy of anyone who had some wisdom and knowledge beyond the Western medicine. And she just took me by my hands and um, said, stop, you're you're driving yourself into insanity and you have completely not only forgotten, but maybe have never even known who you truly are. And when she said that to me, I lost all bearing because I hadn't even known what she what that meant. I didn't know the the vastness of that sentence and how much that transcended me in that very moment. And she said, "You are the universe, and you within you have the universe of wisdom to heal yourself. Refrain from giving your power away because the power is you." And the second you hold that domain and you hold yourself in your own power, you are no longer healing. You're no longer sick. You are thriving just as you are as a perfected being that you came here, you know, in our perfect origin. That was the beginning of a completely different life for me. And um, literally, I was shedding layers of illness. But beyond illness, I was shedding layers of very disconnected mind frame and um, what that journey brought me into was the deepest dive into I guess the, the the kingdom within the temple you know I hadn't known that I was I was not brought up taught like most of us that we are these universal extensions and here as a fragment of a greater whole um, to express ourselves as a unique being to share our unique gifts because I didn't know that we had unique gifts. I didn't know that we were the universe. And, you know, I always did question, I have to say, you know, what's that voice in my head that's speaking or how am I breathing? What is the breath and all these types of things. But I hadn't actually really contemplated and discerned that until this moment again. I did when I was a child, but I had Mm -hmm. to come full circle into that discernment again. And that journey took me on an exquisite, um, most wonderful, benevolent journey into the wonderland of self. And I learned um, through um, very challenging yet mesmerizing journeys um, the truth of who we are and how to harness and, and facilitate the energy in which we are. You come into some sort of the beginning or the entry point of a mastery of self. It's a forever journey. I think it's even a journey beyond our lifetime. Um, but how to utilize and harness this energy where our energetic beings and when we can work from the standpoint of our energy from the center of our heart which is our essence it's our quintessence it's our nature then we're no longer battling the resistance caught up in the ego kind of trying to heal the identity which is a false identity as opposed to working from the nature of ourself which is our core essence because that's the power and that is where power is derived from and within that power lives the light And that light is the healing essence to move forward with. 
So that was that beginning of the journey. And then my son, um, not too long after that, bless him, came on all my journeys for healing. Um, He at one point had also really like the voice of, you know, the angelic innocence that children carry, uh, which we often sometimes hush or not even pay attention to, had told me, Mommy, every time you look online to see what your symptoms are, you're confirming to the universe that you are sick. And he was quite young to understand this, but he, you know, it's an innate uh, intelligence. It's innate wisdom. And every time you go to a doctor to have another IV, you're confirming that you're sick. And you've said that you, you're you not going to do this anymore to yourself. So why don't you, instead of going to a doctor for an IV, go for a massage. Instead of going to another clinic or another therapy session, go to the ocean. Go into nature. You're an artist, go paint. Go dance. All of these things. So instead of doing things that your soul is resisting, you know, and I translated this afterwards, as opposed to doing things your soul is resisting because you're ultimately fighting the force of your own nature by imposing exterior methods to heal what the body and the mind innately know how to do so. You know, there's a surrender that comes in some, in this type of, you know, wisdom where it was just like, you know, yes, I need to actually love myself in the process and not impose these infringements that are hurting the process of healing or hurting even the process of being. You can't be in a state, in a resonance of love when you're poking yourself with needles, putting foreign entities into your body. That's a contradiction. You can't be in a state of love when you're going you know, to another episode of treatment and you're, you you know that it's going to be painful and antagonizing. This is a contradiction again. So, you know, even, even though the idea is, you know, self purposeful and serving the context in which we're healing, um, as a human, you know, being is, is not in service to self. It's not in service to our innate wisdom. So that was the path of healing for me, but I had no idea that this path would evolve the way that it did. And it was a complete blossoming of, you know, the flower of life that we are and that I, that I am, that we all are. And out from that, when I shed the layers and I began to purify my mind and purify my heart and come back into that essence of love. The universe became my guidance. The divine became my providence. My commitment and devotion was to that. It was no longer an act of discipline. I didn't need to discipline myself to eat a certain way. I didn't, I no longer needed to discipline myself to, you know, carry on with um, good habits, if you want to call it that. It just became so profoundly evident and clarified and crystallized that why would I continue to infringe pain, harm, and suffering on my body or my mind knowing that I am a gift, as we all are, a temple for the divine, here to shed light on a greater story, the story of creation. And why not harness and channel my energy into that story as opposed to the story based upon the false identity? And that's where I began to kind of flourish. 
So for people that are struggling to listen to their inner voice, so they hear, you know, just be your authentic self or listen to your inner voice to do the things that will support you and make you feel better or that will, you know, lead you to the foods that are most nourishing for you. But there's so much noise. They're struggling to hear what's really for them. Do you have any suggestions on how to get that clarity? Yes. Um, most of the time you actually hear it. It's a resistance to actually complying with it. So we all hear that inner voice, but it's a choice. And this is where courage and strength comes. And the lack of courage and strength happens, I believe personally, from the lack of knowing who we truly are, for the lack of knowing our true purpose here on earth. When we don't have anything beautiful to hold on to because life has gotten ugly and maybe perhaps our world is not as beautiful as you know it should be in a moment, it's very hard to apply the notion of serving thyself in the greatest altitudes when we don't even know who we are. So who are we serving and for what purpose? You know, and this is the endless redundant cycle of addiction where we soothe this yearning, this desire to find fulfillment in the unknown. And the unknown is, um, is that connection, that, that, that cord to our totality. We often live from the body or the mind or both, but we're missing the most important fundamental aspect of ourself, which is our spirit self. It is our essence. So when we come into that, that trinity of self, the mind-body connected to spirit and soul, we have that totality in our own humanity to then be in within the humanity that lives around us as a whole. But when we, when we come into our life and our challenges, let's say, as a fragment, we're not seeing the whole picture because we're fragmented from our totality. So you can't see that the challenges that arise are, are aspects of yourself. They're archetypes of yourself coming to surface through your relationships, through your sickness, through all of these events trying to bring you back home to your seat of your soul, trying to remind you a shining light on you that you are this significant, powerful, illuminated spirit in a body, you know, a fragment of a great whole. And when we don't have, when we're displaced in our ignorance, let's say, we're displaced in the life around us. So it's very difficult to listen to that voice that's constantly sounding off and the red flags and the alarms saying, don't eat that, don't eat that, because it feels better for our, it's soothing for us to hold on to something that feels good in a temporary moment than to feel the pain of, of that yearning, which we can identify, which is literally a lack of connect to our entire self, to our spirit self. So it's a will it's a desire to know thyself, quote, unquote, know thyself um, truly to then find placement within yourself and within the world. Because like I said, it, you move from, from um, disobedience to a loyalty towards yourself and you move away from, you know, the redundant um, process of the to-do list and the to-do list that are nagging at you. Don't do this. Don't say that. Don't eat this, this and that. And this is self-hate. Naturally, this becomes a self-hating process because you know you're failing at it. So you end up hurting yourself more in that process because 
Every time you deny yourself that voice, your heart knows that it's denying. And this is the pain you suffer more. So it just keeps stacking. So in, in my own personal journey, and when I um, you know, meet with others, it's the, the ability to know your true self and to come into a deeper understanding of what that is. And that looks like different for everybody. Everybody's journey is different. But the first and the foremost um, factor to that journey is the ability to say, I am ready and I surrender. And I don't know how I'm going to do this and this is okay. And I ask whatever it may be, the angels, your guide, God, Buddha, whatever your belief system is. Belief systems are beautiful, not in the doctrine indoctrinated or religious aspect necessarily but they're beautiful to give us something greater than self to hold on to that's the aspect of a greater whole and when we can come into that and just surrender saying i am ready pierce my heart with the truth i am here for the truth and i will comply and give me the patience to do so and speak to yourself in a loving way the other thing that's a great practice that I started to do um, in my journey um, when I realized how much harm I had implicated on my body through the healing process, through the intravenouses, through the 30 supplements I was taking a day, through the rigorous training and running and sports to keep a certain shape, you know, all of these types of things were in a way self-destructive and um the contrary to self-love, because self-love should be beautiful. It should be gentle. It should be forgiving. It should be un- like non-judgmental. And what I started to do was look at myself in the mirror as uncomfortable as it was, naked and raw, and you know, look at myself and just say, I love you and you are worth my you are worth honoring because you have been given to me as a gift for something greater to be a conduit of, a conduit of this light. And I feel that I am ready to take on this role to commit to the responsibility of being human in this life as a collective. And it was uncomfortable for a while because, you know, looking at yourself and I, I, I lacked confidence and self-worth and slowly but surely you know, you start to become very familiar with your your essence and yourself when you start to have these communions and relationships with yourself, which is ultimately spirit, and more so communion, communion with the divine, uh, with the greater source, whatever that might look like. And sometimes it might even start off feeling silly, like, okay, I know you're there somewhere. I know that there's spirit. I know spirit's in me. I'm not used to this just yet, but I would like to know this part of me and, you know, guide me. I'm here to listen. And the second you tune in, it's like any decision. It's any commitment to any relationship. You know, we commit to our relationships every day, whether it's our partner, our spouse, our children, workforce. And every day you show up to that that relationship and you're putting energy and cultivating these relationships. It's no different than cultivating a relationship with your inner self. You go into dialogue with yourself. And sometimes if you even feel nothing or hear nothing, know that there is something greater than the eye can see that is transcending, that is transcending that moment of doubt. And it will come into surface. 
Another great way that I always do is I write in my journal. Same thing. The journal is a safe place, a safe home where you have dialogues with self, with spirit, no judgment. There's nobody there to look at you, to read your work. And it's just you outpour. Sometimes it can be an outpouring, an output, and sometimes it can be an input. And when you output, you start to unveil the layers of yourself and you will start to kind of go into a receiving. And when you go in with no intention other than just to simply return home to that innocence to discover yourself and go into a creative process of just communicating, um, it's quite miraculous what happens. And then, you know, the synchronicities will start to come. The second you tune in, it's like picking up a phone and dialing a number. You've dialed a number and now there's going to be an answer on the other end. It's that simple. Yet we in, in our society, we have this incredible habit to complicate life and to complicate okay. everything. And um, this is what makes everything feel so impossible and it makes us feel so inferior to greatness because we put it so far away from us and distance ourselves from it because, oh no, that's safe for, you know, the smart people. That's safe for the Tibetan monk who's on the mountain or the genius is safe for only the inventors and, and the, you know, top producers in our world. And yet it's not true. Every single one of us are identical in essence because we are of one essence we are of one omnipresence our unique expression is different and you know and it's unique for that reason but the essence in which we're all born of that perfected seed of light encoded with perfection from divine creator whatever that may be for for an individual is exactly the same in all of us and that's what makes us so beautiful as a humanity, because when we come into unity with ourself, we can come to see each other through the eyes of each other from soul to soul, understanding that this is another journey in front of me. You know, the same essence as me in an individual expression. Therefore, there is no need for competition, for displacement, for disconnect, for separation, because we're all here doing the exact same thing in a unique expression. And what you're going to bring to me, Whitney, I need to propel me on my journey and vice versa. And it makes no difference what we do in this world. It makes no difference your level of success, the color of your skin, your gender, because every single one of us is here to deliver a unique essence of the greater whole, which is the omnipresence in our own unique expression. And this creates the whole. So when we come into this perspective of life, you see there's no longer a suffering because there is such a great vast story happening that purposes and redefines your position and essence in life. And this is where that journey of trying so hard to find the voice changes. It, piv it pivots from trying to being because you already know that you are a part of something. And like I said, you just have to pick up the phone and dial that number and tune into something greater than yourself. And the answers will come. The guidance will come. And you'll see it through that door you open and some random person starts talking to you, you'll see that that's a part of your path coming to you. You'll see it in, in a message that you see in a subway or on the back of a car. You'll see it in sacred numbers on a license plate. You'll see all these beautiful divine synchronicities coming to you as a greater message. And that is you unfolding in your path. The desire is just 
to will it to happen. Yes, synchronicity is confirmation. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful one. And it usually sparks a light in us. You know, it usually energizes us when we see the yeah. see the synchronicities. It's actually really exciting. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond Real Salt, prepare the blends listening to Kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz Giza crystals for a true high vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. When you started to trust the simple things that you needed to do in order to feel great every day, what were some of those things that you finally leaned into and realized, wow, you know, doing these things, it's simple, it's easy for me, and it makes me feel so good? Yes. Um, Simple things, um, again, like that um, connection with self in the morning, even when you're about to brush your teeth or wake up in the morning, no different. We're all habitual beings and we all have our rituals, like brushing our teeth is a ritual. So I decided to put in practices that would um, harness the cultivation of a good day or a positive um, mind, you know, uh, mind and thinking for the day. So I would start my day with speaking to myself in the morning in the mirror and having, um, a beautiful conversation like I would with anybody. And my conversation might look like, you know, good rising. You are a beautiful conduit of the great divine. You are a beautiful vessel. You're going to treat your vessel with beauty and love because your essence is love. You know, there's so many different ways to do this, depending on what I'm working on as well. I'll um, cultivate um, a certain affirmation around that. The other thing that really started to transcend my thought process and break redundant cycles was listening to self-federal frequencies first thing in the morning, right before Mm -hmm. bed, and also classical music, real genius classical music. There's something in there that um, the chords in, in the resonance in the music is very much attuned to the nature within us, just like with nature, which is the other thing I do. In the morning, I always go into nature, barefoot, hug a tree, touch a flower. Uh, It doesn't matter. Listen to birds, feel the wind on my face. The ether is informed and we receive the ether, which is the skin, which is the air on our skin. And um, when we are connected with nature, we're connecting. That resonance is the same resonance that is our seed of life. So we're allowing that to electrify and magnify when we're in those resonant fields. And when we're in those resonant fields, we're no longer, um, we're, we're resonating on higher frequencies. So the density of, you know, the thoughts or the habits that have brought us into lower densities will start to reside and lift. Um, those are all very powerful, simple things. Starting your morning with 
electric food, such as a fresh glass of orange juice, lemon water, um, beautiful fruit bowl, that right there, and like that's electric. That's from the sun. That's from the source of, of life itself. So you're feeding yourself the source of life. And again, allowing the central nervous system, which I call the conductor, um, to become more expansive and electric in, in, in terms of our day and how we start our day. So again, these things are not impossible tasks and they're no different. All we have to do is just swap out some of the poor, you know, habits that we've, we have in the morning, um, and throughout our days. And it becomes a choice. It becomes, it's everything is a choice and it becomes a choice. What are you willing to give up to be rewarded with your truth, to be rewarded with your power? You know, you, you can't have, it's, it's, it's contradictory to want to excursion inward and uh, receive these divine um, powers that we're all innately born with and to rise into faculties of higher states of consciousness when we're intoxicating our bodies because you're this it's it's very important what we're thinking and what we're putting into our body because what we do is we lower the vibration with toxic thoughts and and food habits everything that we are is energy so it's you can't rise in consciousness and awareness if you're imploding your system and your temple with toxics, it will never work. And this is why a lot of people stay stuck. They can read a million books. They can go to yoga all day long. They can chant. They can do everything. But if you're not physically loving yourself with the act, not just the word, it's going to be a very challenging um ascension process into a higher state of consciousness how do you wind your body and your mind down at the end of the day how do you you know i think most people are more comfortable with lighting up their body in the morning that's easier for them to find routine but how do you quiet the body and quiet the mind at the end of the day because it's so easy to stay turned on you know with the lights in your home with Mm -hmm. all the electronics how how do you wind yourself down? Simple. I uh, sometimes will have an her- herbal tea. Um, I refrain from electronics unless I'm writing because I'm a writer. Uh, but I, I actually write in a diary. But usually I'll write at night. Um, I'll go into meditation. Again, I will always go into a quiet state and listen to self-edual frequencies or music. Uh, right before I'm going to bed to really kind of clear the canvas and -hmm. just allow the canvas to be clean. And then before I go to bed, I'll make an intention uh, Mm. for whatever is serving me or humanity in that moment. And, um, you know, swap out the lights for candlelights, take a warm bath, go for a walk with nature, spend time with your family away with from the electronics or your friends or your pet, whatever it might be, um, and connect to yourself and find your breath. Um, at least three big breaths before, you know, I go to bed with a really deep inhale and a loud sighing exhale will bring the central nervous system back into a calm. Herbal tea, like an hour after dinner, is one of my favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. It's such a great way to ground, and you really feel like, 
you know, you're giving yourself a really special medicine just for you. And it's such a beautiful routine to make it, pour it into a beautiful mug. Um, It's such a lovely ritual. And so it's so nice to hear. Yeah, it's so nice to hear when another person does it. There's nothing that lights me up more than a really good tea shop. I I agree. I get so excited for this stuff too. Yeah. And you used to live in LA and I'm excited because this weekend I'm going to be up in LA. So I get to go to my favorite tea shop, Rich's Dragon Herbs, also known as Ron Tea Garden. Um, So I'm going to go and pick up my supply while I'm there. Um, You're in Europe. Where do you like to go to get your teas or do you order them online? Well, here we have a lot of natural farmers markets and I live, um, you know, in the countryside where they're growing herbs everywhere. My gardens actually grow herbs as well. So a lot of my stuff is from the local farmers and the community um, that I go to on the weekends and I buy, uh, which are just heavenly because uh, you're literally getting the whole flower, you know, inside the tea. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's a it's a craft and it's an artistry as well. So um, it's very beautiful. And the one thing I love about Europe is they serve only what's in season. So, and what's in season really de- defy, uh, sorry, it's, it's an aligned, it's an alignment with the natural laws of our own nature. So you're serving yourself per season, the remedy is literally growing from the earth to support that season uh, that your mind and body are processing and your and your soul is processing through. So this is very special. And it's done here with so much um, love, like everything is just so loving here. And um, it's beautiful because, you know, in the mountains, for an example, I actually just came across a woman who who sun dries all of her flowers and herbs. So it's still receiving the essence of the sun and nothing is packaged until the very last moment where you take it home in your glass container. It's just beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I so admire that. It's something I've always just wanted to do, um, to be able to have the space to preserve food outside in the sun, you know, obviously the way that we've really always done it. Right. I agree. That leads me to my curiosity. You live in Europe. You used to live in Los Angeles. What are the beauty and wellness routines that you loved while you were in LA? Um, And what are the ones that you have found that you've fallen in love with being in France? Very different lifestyle Um, for me personally. I mean, you can get everything here as well, but my, um, my disposition and habits have changed. So in LA, everything is obviously very commercial and you're going into studios or facilities for treatments. So, you know, I used to go for facials all the time. I used to get my manicures and pedicures all the time, which I never do anymore once in a blue moon. Um, and everything was very um, kind of, like I said, like in that container type of scenario for treatment and uh, beauty products. Although, like the dragon herbs, I used to go there as well, or or Juan had some beautiful, nice product and um, kind of new um, new ways to kind of deal, like uh, immerse into health and wellness. So from like the, the cleanses and the teas there, that was really nice as well. I used to really be involved in a lot of cleansing in Los Angeles because the one thing there that does not exist here is complete convenience of anything you want from a phone call away and there within an hour. That does not exist here at all. So here you have to really find your way to facilitate your own wellness. 
Um, and here they do have it, but it's just not convenient. It's not built for this type of fast convenience. So I do miss some of those elements from Los Angeles. Um, and Los Angeles tends to be very innovative in wellness mm -hmm. and um, new techniques for cultivating, you know, beauty, health and wellness. But something happened to me in my journey in spirituality as well in the in the beauty field. Um, you start to realize that true beauty is the illumination of this divine that that lives within because it's an essence that radiates on your skin. It's it's becoming so profoundly in tune with yourself in the knowing of yourself that 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 knowing of yourself becomes your glow and perhaps in my past that in confidence and that worthlessness that I had was very much worn on me and I had to do a lot more exterior work or methods to kind of keep that glow alive like facials and peels or whatever it was to kind of have this glow where here it's very different so a lot of that ha a lot of that pivot for me in my in my unfolding and my unveiling of my true self and I've repurposed the meaning of beauty in my life and um, and I take much more pleasure which kind of creates that internal smile, that heart to glow when I do go to the market and I'm buying my herbs or my products to create my own, you know, healing and um, beauty regimes. Um, and a lot of it here is the internal health. So it's what you're eating. It's what herbs are you drinking? It's um, the sunshine. It's being in nature. It's very different here in terms of and this is not not to generalize but you see a lot less of um uh, cosmetic um enhancement here and that's a nice way to put it i guess and it, i have to say it is so refreshing because you see the unique individual expression of people Mm -hmm. and in los angeles being in beverly hills for a very long time that was very um obscure for a while and it was a little bit discerning because it kind of it's it, it felt a little lifeless at one point and you it's very easy to get caught up in that cycle of trying to keep up in in that world and this is something that I just love here because you see the expressions of life lived on people's faces and that is beauty and that is something I I wish for all you know the younger generation to grow up with and to kind of have a new definition of what beauty is and understand that beauty is internalized and it comes from a really deep source within you first and that is truly to get to know yourself and to be in the confidence of knowing thyself and that is your radiance well you're an author you're the author of the book the golden virtue unveiled what are some books that you recommend people check out at their library or buy and add to their arsenal that can help them on their spiritual journey? Any that, you, that you've purchased that you're like, I can never get rid of that book because I might need to turn to it again. I have liked and felt connected to St. Teresa of Avila and her journey. I have felt um, connected to some of the Ascended Masters, so the great, the great White Brotherhood, the Ascended Masters, to Yogananda. I don't know the names of the books at the moment. I can actually give them to you to post, but there's actually quite a few that have um, 
been inspiring and enlightening. I, I like a lot of the ancient scriptures um, because I believe that the allegory in their scriptures from the Bible to the Torah to, you know, the Vedic scriptures, I think that these for me personally were some of the greatest reads I've ever done because if you look through you know, the meaning and through the words actually being spoken there, you'll see that it's an allegory for a really divine wisdom. And those are some of the greatest stories along with fairy tales. Fairy tales for me have been um, a, a guiding grace for me as well because of the allegory in there, but because of the beauty and the hope that always kind of, you know, is laced through a fairy tale. Um, and I just think that for me personally, um, beauty and magic is very um, lost in our world. So I tend to go to those types of reads more than I do sometimes the philosophy and ideologies of others. Um, because through beauty, you kind of come home to your own ideology and philosophy because beauty opens up your heart. So that's kind of where I'm at with books. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And is there anything that you're really into learning about right now? So What's sparking your interest? What are you diving into? Well, I like I said, I dive into my own innate wisdom through my own um, meditations and communication. So I derive all my wisdom from self, mainly other than, you know, um, relating it to the fairy tales and the epics and um, sa sacred scriptures. Uh, and I am writing another manuscript right now that is a very uh, magical and um beautiful piece. So that's kind of what I'm in right now. Otherwise, if I am looking into anything, I I would say that I um, it has to be the fairy tale world, the epics and the myths. I love ancient um, culture and stories derived from all over the world. I think that there's so much beauty in our collective world of original storytelling, the word of mouth. And I'm always trying to derive and kind of wipe the dust off of some of these ancient stories um, because I think that these stories are our greatest teachers and they were there originated from the word of mouth and so you know I might like look for a story from ancient China and what their 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 um, you know fairy tales might have been mm -hmm. or from from Russia or wherever they are and these are the types of stories that I'm personally very into if I'm not working because uh, again the magic element and just just within each kind of culture and and I'm always trying to see the resonance that was underlining that wisdom in that time frame and how much they vary from parts of the world but yet how united. Mm -hmm the derivative of that one omnipresent essence comes through everything. So that's where I'm always kind of putting the puzzles, you know, the puzzle pieces of the puzzle together on um, human, you know, human essence. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was, I loved the Japanese children's books and the Japanese stories because they were beautiful messages. They were very much intertwined with nature. Yes, um, and yes. then the way that they colored them, um, the visuals that they applied to their children's books and their stories was just so beautiful. You know, mm -hmm. it's like they're it's like their paper for origami. How can you not get lost yeah. and fall in love with mm -hmm. um, yeah. the intricate detail and the beauty that they apply to everything that they do? Exactly. Yes. And and that's 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 the whole that's where my heart is exactly what you're saying. It's falling in love with the beauty of that story and the beauty of the perspective within the culture for that particular story that was being told 
and then how there's those, you know, the woven threads of golden wisdom that comes through, through these beautiful, intricate details like this for me, I can get lost. I mean, if I were uh, these libraries, these ancient libraries, I would just I, yeah. like, that's like, put me there and I'm not coming up because I just, it's, it's heaven for me. Yeah. Those libraries around the world. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many libraries we don't even know exist. <sighs> Um, with books older than we know that time existed. It's really incredible. And I find oftentimes, like if you go to the library here in the United States, what you can get access to, especially if you go to like a historical society, is only 100 years old. You know, it's not going to be that deep. Like it's about as deep as like a family story. Um, That's right. (laughs) You know, you go to another part of the world and um, you can go so much further back and you can see that um, so much of what we're learning isn't new. It's old. And we're just being reminded. That's right. And I think that's, and it's not to, to say anything about the Western culture, but there's a lot of recycling um, with the books that are kind of coming out. So that's why I always tend to go very international and very ancient, um, because there's something that's, it's like, I'm on, I feel like I'm always going on a journey of like a magical discovery. So it brings that child essence within me. And that's where I learn the most is when my heart is completely opened and I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is an adventure. And then everything is retainable where if I'm reading like, you know, these, these books that we're all kind of we all know what they are and they're great and they're very helpful but um I just I for me personally my soul is very open and my heart opens when I go on these adventures with the ancient and the old and the unknown and I'm always looking for the unknown so that's where I'm always at well where can people pick up your book connect with you keep learning from you and with you well I live on Social media, Instagram, Facebook, and no, sorry, YouTube and uh, TikTok. And oh, yeah. I also have my website at Tanya at Tanya.msabotic.com. And that's kind of where I re- reside right now. And uh, my book is on Amazon, it's on Barnes and Nobles, and Kobo, I think. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm so glad we've connected. You're such a beautiful soul. Um, Can you leave our community with just one last healthy tip that they could consider adding into their life? One healthy tip to really start to move into a transformation or transcendence of self. Start with your mind and your body and question if what you're doing mind and body are in service to where you're trying to go and that is the most literal practical starting point on anybody and for this journey for anybody is it serving you and if not then be kind enough to honor yourself to make the change that is beautiful so taking time like almost throughout the day and say, is this action or what I'm doing right now, is this going to help me be the person where I really want to be? Exactly. And you'll always know your answer. That little voice always comes in and chimes in. Always. I love (laughs) it. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Tanya. And looking forward to connecting with you again soon. And good luck finishing your book. 
Thank you, Whitney. I appreciate you. You're a beautiful soul as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the High Vibration Living Podcast. Please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are tuning in from to help more listeners like and find this podcast. And if you really loved what you heard today, pay it forward and send this episode to a friend or loved one. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. You can find me and follow along on my chef adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Thanks again for tuning in. Cheers to you and your health. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.